0: The U.S. history curriculums focus on white exceptionalism and black inferiority.
1: We saw that there was a lack of representation in the teachers and the curriculum. Teachers have been taught one way, but there's no reason why you can't re-educate yourself.
0: You almost never hear this story in a a basic class. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news story? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one conversation with our reporters every week right here right now the debris Welcome to The Debrief. I'm your host, Chucky Beckford, in for David Ushery. As we celebrate Black History Month, there's concerning data that schools across the country are failing at teaching black history. About half of all teachers in a recent Southern Poverty Law Center survey said their state offered little to no support for teaching about slavery and that their textbooks were inadequate. This year, Connecticut joins New Jersey as the only two states to require high schools offer a black history course.
1: I don't have a single black teacher that I can
0: just ask questions about my heritage or have a conversation to get better understanding of where I come from. In Connecticut's capital, it was an unusual scene. The U.S. history curriculums focus on white exceptionalism and black inferiority. The lack of African-American studies means taught in the school system made me feel irrelevant and unheard. Students demanding an extra class be added. The subject? Themselves. We believe that knowledge
1: of self is important and other people Other students especially should know their history.
0: Shane and Sean Brooks were among those leading the charge in 2019.
1: We saw that there was a lack of representation in the teachers and the curriculum.
0: The push for African-American studies to be taught in all Connecticut schools, critical in a state where 13% of students are black. And our children are going this, I didn't know anything about this. Ruth Terry Walden, one of the people at the forefront of the cause. And so I created this wall, I guess about 10 years ago, because I wanted it to be super important. The attorney turned English teacher at West Hill High School in Stanford has been teaching black history in all of her classes for 20 years nationwide that's shockingly rare. Studies have found less than 10% of class time is devoted to black history. 58% of teachers find textbooks inadequate. Only 8% of seniors can identify slavery as a central cause of the Civil War. That's just a starting point for Walden, who takes students deep into the Underground Railroad. We created a sophisticated network of stations and conductors and
1: people with resources to help us to make ourselves free. All of that is
0: fantastic history, but it's not taught in the schools. One of her assignments, searching insurance documents for highly skilled, highly valuable occupations like Dr. James McCune Smith in New York City, the first African-American to hold a medical degree.
1: We weren't just cutting cane and chopping cotton and, and cultivating rice. We were real rights and masons. We were working on steamships. We were doing every imaginable
0: occupation you could think of. We were even doctors and nurses. Senior Shayna Finkel takes West Hills class. You almost sure. never hear this story in a in a basic class. Entrepreneurs that were African American. I think that that is something that's rarely seen within you know U.S. history. We really do talk about a lot of these you know uh, older white men. Thousands of other students will be getting similar lessons. Late last year, in a move that echoed New Jersey's amistad act connecticut required all high schools offer a course on black and latino studies the timing seems more than a coincidence both teachers and students agree the racial upheaval last year that began with george floyd's killing sparked a renewed curiosity i think that my generation is so focused on creating a more racially unified uh, country and i think that because of these larger events like uh, george floyd and brianna taylor have really um Allowed us to come together for a common cause. Social studies teacher David McFillan also teaches African-American studies, and he reworked his class to include Black Lives Matter. We've kind of gone over some of the points that really have led us to this point in American history, and now trying to connect all of those things back to where we started. The Brooks brothers say this is just the first chapter. Racism has to be a discussion, and you have to tell the full truth. um,
1: The ins and outs, how it started, how it's still going.
0: For Ruth Terry Walden, it's an important first step, teaching lessons that change lives. That's how
1: you validate children's existence. Not just black children's existence, but all children's existence. That's what true diversity is. Everybody in the room feeling as if their history, their culture has contributed positively to our society.
0: Ruth Terry Walden, the teacher from West Hill High School you heard from in our piece, is joining us now. Ruth, thanks for being with us today. Uh, Tell us more about when you switched careers from being an attorney to becoming a teacher and and what you found.
1: I I worked in the legal field and I worked at Yale School of Medicine and I worked as a hospital administrator. So, you know, I was always around adults. Uh, And then so when I shifted, I'm now with young minds and impressionable minds. And you're observing what they know, and what they don't know. And when you get to what they don't know, or some of the misconceptions, you have to take a pause. I mean, I, you know, I would have a set curriculum that I was supposed to follow. And then um, we would have an auxiliary topic that was pertaining to the text that dealt with African-Americans and African-American history. And some of the comments that the kids or the children my students would make, we would have to suspend the, the planned lesson and then we'd have to do research because I said to myself, you can't allow these children to th- continue to think this way. So from there, the curriculum takes a, it takes a diverse path, but the path is integral to the learning process.
0: You found that, that a lot of your students didn't really know much about Black history, right?
1: My students absolutely didn't know and my colleagues didn't know. I had, I had people teaching children that the Black Panthers of the 60s, who were in the vanguard of, of, of youth empowerment in the 60s. In other words, free, brunch, free breakfast, community-based organizations, tutoring after school for children. I had one kid who said, well, they were the Black KKK. I said, okay, time out. We've got to do some research here in the Black Panther Party. Okay, And once the children did their research, and I allowed them to do the research. The dawning moment was when one of the children said, well, miss, they all served in the military. She said, every single one of the founding fathers of the Black Panther Party were veterans. And I said, so what does that teach you? And they said, well, they they were willing to die for this country. I said, exactly.
0: And it's and it's important as well. I think something you pointed out to me when we spoke first was the idea of not just the kind of not just African-American history, but it's also the kind of African-American history you're teaching. It has to be a fully rounded history, not just about the oppression history, but also about the celebratory history
1: Everything, in other words, our our love of family is so evident. When when I start research searching African American history, and one of the things that no one ever talks about is what happened to Black people after the Civil War. Well, after the Civil War, the most the most pivotal thing that Black people wanted to do, the most important thing, the thing they stopped in their tracks to do, was find their people, their family, and you see these. Information want ads that are all over this country saying, have you seen my sister? Have you seen my brothers? Have you seen my mother? Have you seen my father? I'm looking for my uncle. Have you seen my grandmother? And they talk and and they describe when these individuals were sold. And all they say is, if you have any information, I'm looking for them. I want to find my relatives. I want to find my family. That's not talked about in the history books that one of the things that we wanted to do was reunite with our families. Family was important to us. It was everything to us. And so it, the info, you didn't know about information, one ads. I didn't either, but they're, 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 they're visible. All you have to do is type in African-American information ads, and they show you these ads. And what it speaks of is our love of family, about how we celebrate each other. We love each other.
0: And it's amazing how the stereotype has changed that the black family is a broken family and that it's sort of perceived that we don't care about each other. But you're saying if you look back in history, if you look at at the real history, that's that's not true.
1: Uh, It's absolutely not true. In fact, one of the things that African-Americans did during Reconstruction, the number one thing they did is they went to whites. Uh, white, white solicitors, white attorneys, white advocates for them. And the first thing they said to them was, could you put an ad in the newspaper and try to find my people? I just, I just want my family back together again. Particularly um, siblings, particularly uh, uh, children trying to find ancestors, mothers, grandmothers, uncles, and especially parents trying to find their children. Particularly fathers trying to find their children. You know, there's a stereotype that Black men don't care about their children. Absolutely not true after the Civil War.
0: And it's amazing how much of this is lost, right? I think something you talked about was the idea that if we know our history, then that informs how we move forward and it informs our future. And imagine if students knew this, if more students knew about this, which we're learning that so many of them don't from the research that's out there.
1: Well, the other thing that was extremely important to us as, as a Black people was marriage. One of the things I show children every single year are these beautiful wedding pictures. And what you see is you see that you see, it's prominently displayed in every picture. The gold wedding band on the woman's hand, beautiful dress, the man dressed up in the best suit or uniform. Many of them had on their union army uniforms or they had on some kind of a jacket or a shirt and a tie. And that was the thing that was also important was acknowledging our unions. Marriage was important creating that solid family foundation through the acknowledgement of the relationship. So I also celebrate the fact that education was important to us, an uplift. In other words, it didn't take us long, just simply a generation, to groom educators to educate us. So we had schools during Reconstruction within 20 years. So education was extremely important to us. Learning how to read and write was something that, because it had been denied to us, That we valued all the more.
0: And that's why I think it's so interesting, this this push uh, in the African-American community to have black history be a part of the curriculum. And I know that, you know, New Jersey has joined, excuse me, Connecticut has joined New Jersey as being the only two states now that require it be taught in high schools. And you were part of that push as well. Uh, Do you think, though, as some critics have said, it falls short a bit in not speaking more about systemic racism, the current curriculum?
1: When it comes to systemic racism,
0: one of the things that I think that we need
1: to do, you know, that, and I'm not saying it's a delicate subject, but I think that generationally it changes. I think that, I think young people today see racism in a different way than say I see it and possibly the way you see it. I think the curriculum does speak of it in a way that allows children to discuss it on their own terms. We, what we can do is we can show them historical racism, and we can show them what is going on right now, and we can allow them to draw their own conclusions. I think that one of the, the most glaring examples of it is the insurrection and what's going on now with the impeachment trial. In other words, and everyone has has said it, you know, is that if these had been black people, we would never have made it past the second step of the cap, steps of the Capitol we would have been shot down exactly where we were. Everyone has said it. But what we're seeing is a different way of policing individual behavior and collective behavior based on race. And our children see it and and they discuss it in the classroom. The way that you want to contextualize racism is to let our children process it as they see it and as, as they experience it. And believe me, they talk about it in the classroom. They talk about their own experiences with racism. And I allow them to use their experiences and their empirical evidence to form and shape their own opinion and views on what systemic racism looks like and
0: then have them discuss how they can sit down and rationally overcome it. Did you notice more of a curiosity about Black history from your students following last year's events starting, of course, with George Floyd and and Breonna Taylor?
1: Yes. But I have to tell you, um, we started this with Trayvon Martin. We started Trayvon Martin and Eric Garner, and then Smack uh, Mellon's uh, exhibit, Respond. That kicked everything off. Trayvon Martin was the piece. We had to suspend everything. And Emmanuel AME. I happened to have been teaching summer school when Emmanuel AME occurred. And so I had a lesson, and I had, I had uh, English language arts and history content all planned for summer school. Emmanuel AME hit, and we suspended everything. And what we did was we studied Black church and liberation theology, and we studied the historical significance of that church. That was the second Black church founded on these shores. And we talked about what Black church was to us, to our community, and why that church, that particular church, was important and why it was singled out by this individual.
0: So we had to do all of that historical research, and the kids were all in. What do you hope the new curriculum does for your students, not just your Black students, but all students? I
1: want it to sustain them. I want them to take it forward. I want them to use what they've learned in my classroom as, as, as life lessons. So I, this curriculum is going, to, is going to foster and augment that for me. In other words, this is not curriculum that I don't teach. What it does is it validates what I've been doing for the last 20 years. In other words, it, you know, it, it has, I won't say that I'm the Lone Ranger, because as I said to you before... I have community partners in the Avon Theater. I mean, we have something called the Black Lens where we're showing black film. Um, and those individuals, in fact, somebody I uh, also have to tell you, believe it or not, my allies are unlikely. The Greenwich um, English-Speaking Union has been very supportive in allowing me to continue my research endeavors. And as an African-American woman, um, so they understand the connection between British black colonialism and American black uh, oppression so we've been studying that and they've been working with me on that um, my department and my administrator you know this I don't do this in a vacuum I have people who help and support me and of course Yale and the Gildan Lerman Center uh, for anti-slavery and resistance and abolition has also been very very supportive and so and I and I have historians when I write them they write me back so I don't do this in a vacuum but I've been doing it for 20 years, and now that, now that I've been doing this, uh, it's been validated. Because remember, when I stepped off this cliff 20 years ago, I didn't know what was going to happen. But I decided, you know what? My children are the most important thing to me in this classroom,
0: so you step off. Wow. Well, well, like you said, Ruth, it takes a village. It does. It
1: really does. But I have to tell you, uh, one of the things also is that an educator, you can't be afraid of the truth. If you're afraid to teach the truth in your classroom, your children will sense it and they'll know it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Ruth, for being with us. I, I just applaud what you do and I'm sure your students applaud it as well. They're lucky to have you.
1: Listen, I so enjoyed this dialogue. And you know, I, um, I was overwhelmed when I got the, uh, the, the uh, communication that you wanted to continue the conversation. I think it's important to know, and I just want to say that there are other educators that I work with um, nationwide. Um, I'm part of the Black Writers uh, Reading Group, and I just sent them, you know, they had said to me, they said, well, what's on your desk, you know? So I just sent them a reading list, and I, I, I entitled it Dope Books That Are On My Desk Right Now, and um, I, I, I was showing something by um, Steve McQueen. He's got this outstanding series called Small Acts about British Black um, uh, and life. And one of the things that one of the characters in, the, in one of the shorts said to a young man was, he says, you need to re-educate yourself. He says, he says, he says they taught you one way, but you can re-educate yourself. And you can start by reading this book. And he held up this book called ja- Black Jacobean. And my children looked at me and I held it up off my desk because it's sitting right here. So, so what I'm saying is, is that teachers have been taught one way, but there's no reason why you can't re-educate yourself to teach another way. The, 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 not just part of the truth, but the whole truth. And that includes African-American and Latinx studies. Because we did, we have, and we continue to be, be a, a significant contribution to this country. And when our children know that, they're engaged, and they understand that education is uplift for them. Yeah,
0: yeah, that they have a seat at the table as well. Thank you again, Ruth, for being with us, and thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to our production team, Melissa Mack, Darren Price, and Ben Berkowitz. I'm your host, Chucky Beckford, in for David Ushery. We'll check back with you next time on the debrief.